everybody. Welcome back to Hour 3 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. I'd like to thank you for listening and watching if you're watching the live stream. If you'd like to, uh, if you didn't catch the whole show and you want to listen to replay of it, you can always go to our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can click on the radio replay link and listen to replays of any of our shows. And also on there, if uh, you want to watch the live stream and uh, maybe even call in and talk to us on Friday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon, you can uh, go to that website and you can uh, click on the Rumble link. If you want to send us your questions and comments, you can email us at Becca Marie, that's B-E-C-C-A-M-A-R-I-N-M, at, uh, what did I do? Freedomspeak.com. I just kind of lost my train of thought there. Freedomspeak. Oh, it's Becca Becca Marie at freedomspeaknm.com. I was thinking about my other email address, Becca Marie at uh, freedomspeaknm.com, if you want to send us an email questions comments you want to get an advertising going i can do that for you too and if you're uh, listening to the uh, encore presentation on kdaz radio i want to thank you for listening there uh, we're on there every saturday afternoon 1 to 4 p.m kdaz radio 96.9 fm am 700 thank you for listening so uh, here with our guest uh, jason valencourt 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 there, there we go, go. We've been talking about all kinds of stuff today. The show has gone in directions I did not anticipate. But that's okay. <laughs> so, you know, I've uh, talked about how if, and we even mentioned this before the break, that if you take away the Second Amendment, uh, everything else just, there. That is, that, is the, that is the thing, that, that is your leverage to maintain your freedom. Is the way I put it. Kind of like when uh, the United States government is dealing with a foreign country which is hostile, in which they have the military option on the table, providing every all types of diplomacy fail, then the military kicks in and does what they do. Second Amendment's in the place for the same reason. It's for us, we the people. If the government gets completely out of hand and turns completely tyrannical, which they're well on their way to becoming that way, I'd say they're already there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, look at the things that have happened that that a lot of people just seem to accept: the disinformation governance board, censorship on social media, uh, a p- previous sitting president being indicted. For nothing. They don't even have any charges of any actual crimes. Just the other day, he got uh, lost in a court case. Some woman came forward and said that, she, that he raped her, which turned out to be a total lie, and there was absolutely no proof to substantiate her claim, yet they awarded her uh, like over $2 million anyway. For what? There's no proof of any crime. That's what we do in this country now. I sat on a mock jury 20 years ago, um, and it was a a Harley-Davidson case. This guy wrecked his Harley-Davidson, a psychiatrist wrecked his Harley-Davidson on a road somewhere in New Mexico, and this family wanted to sue Harley-Davidson. Harley-Davidson wanted to do a mock trial to see how this thing was going to go. Yeah. And I sat in a room full of jurors that all understood there was absolutely nothing wrong with Harley-Davidson. Harley-Davidson had done nothing wrong. This guy they they hit, make great products. I have one, by the way. This guy hit a, a groove in the road and had a ton of stuff on his bike. You know, they, they say that chrome won't get you home. Um, well, this guy's bike was completely just decked out, and he went into a high-speed wobble. And Mm -hmm. that's what they tried to convince everybody was Harley Davidson's fault. Well, it was plainly clear to everybody on that jury that Harley, there was nothing Harley Davidson did wrong. Every single one of them still wanted to award this family money. Unbelievable. That is a a real problem in our country, you guys. It's a real, it is a real problem. You know, did you hear the, did you, uh, Watched the thing by Rand Paul the other day, where, where he was on the in Congress and he was talking about a, a story about Davy Crockett, way back when Davy Crockett was in Congress. I missed it. Okay, and this is probably where it all started. There was some I I can't remember the specifics. It's not really important. 
I think a, a town burned down or something, and there was a lot of hardship going on with these people. And they were taking a vote in Congress about whether they should take taxpayer money and give it to these people. And and it's like um, Rand Paul. He, I love Rand Paul, by the way. He he he's talking about this. This is not. This is not your. You're not. You're. You're not authorized to take people the taxpayer money that they trust you with and give it away to someone that you want to give it to. Can I give you another example? And that that's gone way beyond now. Now we're sending hundreds of millions of oh, dollars. Oh, it's crazy. Compassion dollars, right? Compassion dollars. That's right. And so it's not about your feelings. It's about the law. Right. And and Grover Cleveland, a Democrat president, right, was asked by the state of Texas during a flood where people were dying for ten thousand dollars. And granted, ten thousand dollars was a lot more money back then than it is now, but we're not talking about millions and millions of dollars in, in some sort of conversion rate, right? Maybe it's a million dollars mm-hmm. in a conversion rate from the time that it happened. Grover Cleveland's response to the state of Texas was simple and was trying to maintain the proper role of government. He said, I can find nowhere in the constitution that warrants the relief of personal suffering. Yeah. And he's right. Yet, yet they have all these, um, immigrants, illegal immigrants coming in there and they're completely supporting them billions and billions of dollars, not just $10,000 where they mm-hmm. refuse them, but this is billion, a bill, I mean, they're unaccountable. They come into the state, they get their little visa card. You don't even know where they're at. They just get refilled every month, no matter what. Forcing taxes on people to pay for these types of things is not compassion. It's bullyism. That's right. Yeah, and they're illegal to Pen, illegal, Penn Teller said illegally that. taking taxpayer money. They're giving it away to these illegal immigrants, which are breaking the law, by the way, by sneaking across the border. They're they're giving them walking around money. They're living <laughs> they're, better they're, than most they're, Americans. Yeah, they're yeah, not homeless. Yeah, they're they're giving them free medical care. I they're know the ha- ones at Martha's Vineyards were certainly living I better love, than most yeah. Americans. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry they're, Martha. Yeah. They're they're giving them cell phones. I assume they're paying their cell phone bills as well. They are housing them free of charge. If you dare transfer them to a sanctuary city, they're uh, getting kidnapping charges against you because you're, you know... Can't, you take him, can't take him to a sanctuary city. Well, They're all t- I can think about is Margaret Thatcher's famous statement about socialism. Oh, yeah. At some point, you're going to run out of other people's money. At some point, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and we're, already, we're already out of money. You know, I, I, I want to do a show about this, too, about how they keep running up the national debt. I've okay. been talking about it for 20 years. Oh, uh, the greatest uh, threat fe- facing this country. Yeah. And so that number keeps going up, and we know what's going to happen. Every time they come up with another budget, they're going to say, oh, my gosh, we got to raise this debt limit or we're going we're gonna to default. We're not going to pay our bills, which is a total bunch of crap, okay? But it's like we know that the next time around, they're going to want to raise it again. They're going to keep raising it and raising it and raising it. And then what we're going to end up doing is us, we the people, not the government, we the people are the – it's our money – they're going to be basically selling more and more of our future. That's what they're doing. They're selling our future to China or wherever else they're getting these, these loans satisfied. They're selling our futures. They're selling our children's futures, our grandchildren's futures. That's what they're selling. They're selling your servitude so that they can um, support these illegal immigrants. Well, ask people, just average people, average New Mexicans, how many of us want to leave our debt to children? Our I grandchildren. Think, I don't think anybody does. Right? It's immoral. That would be considered it, it, a real failure. Right? If I've racked up this big, huge debt and I die and my son has to pay my huge debt off, that was immoral of me to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Right? And that's bad parenting and that's really just bad citizenship. And so I'm constantly trying to talk to people about the proper role of government. We, we did this class that taught about the institutions that are, are capable of handling our problems in society. And they're called key institutions. 
and everybody thinks there's only one now called government. Mm -hmm. But we have other key institutions that have proper roles in our society, and we don't allow them to fulfill those roles. Community is has actually a bigger role than government in our society. Education, and I'm not talking about brick and mortar, K through 12. I'm talking about being lifelong learners. I've known you for five, seven years now, mm-hmm. Stella. Yeah. I've known you for about three. Yeah. You guys both have always struck me as people who are willing to learn today as much as they were willing to learn when they were seven. So if we are lifelong learners, education is lifelong, right? Yeah. And we're not only learners, but we're educators, right? We're all teachers too. So education needs to be looked at through a completely different lens, but it is a key institution. I, I honestly believe that uh, you know government is one of the key institutions. They do have a proper role in our society, and we can all discuss what that proper role is, but it was written for us to understand what that proper role is. And now they've grown so far outside of this proper role that here in Santa Fe, under our current governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, our budget has grown, I want to say, 40% annually under her leadership. Unbelievable. Well, 40%. You, you use that word immoral, <laughs> that you would be immoral of you to do that. Well, there's no more morality, not in government at all. Well, yeah. No, I don't think there is either. Mm-hmm. So I heard Gavin Newsom, and, and by the way, I've, I've got a little, before this slips my, slips my mind, I got a little theory about Gavin Newsom, okay? Now, you guys know how Robert Kennedy Jr., Rob, RFK Jr., RFK Jr., mm-hmm. RFK Jr., they uh, have already said that, no, we're not going to let you debate Joe Biden. They're, they're jamming Joe Biden down the Democrat Party's throat, or at least it appears to be that. Mm-hmm. I've got a theory. Now, remember a while back that uh, Gavin Newsom did a visit to the White House? Do you think everybody just gets a visit to the White House whenever they want to, unless it's really, really something important? I don't think so. I have a theory. They don't want RFK Jr., because RFK Jr. is... He believes in a certain amount of freedom, uh, freedom of speech. He's, he comes from a long line of, of people who believe in America. Yeah, he's, he, he, he loves this country, and he, um, I don't know, he believes in the Constitution, and, and he's, he's somewhat he's a little— He's not a total Marxist. No, he's not a total Marxist. <laughs> he's, he, he has quite a few conservative values. I agree. Um, would I rather vote for Donald Trump? Yeah, I would. But— um, Anyway, so they don't want to allow him to debate Joe Biden. Now, I think even he and, and you know, I don't know if you've heard RFK Jr., but he's, I don't know what's going on. Maybe he had a stroke or something. Yep, at he's some hard point. to that, listen to. He's, he's very hard to listen to. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, but even he could probably out-debate Joe Biden. He's incredibly intelligent, very yeah. knowledgeable, very hard to listen to. Yeah. Um, Joe that, Biden will just got, walk but away. But he's also got name recognition he that does. nobody else has. Oh, right. oh, yeah. I mean, the Kennedys. I mean, you know, <laughs> that gets people's attention right away. Um, but they don't want to give up their agenda of moving towards the new world order and the agenda 2030 and all the climate change crap that they're trying to push, uh, which is all part of just a means of controlling us all. Mm-hmm. But I the great sus- freedom experiment is over in their minds. Yes. Yes, it is. And so I don't believe, and I don't think anybody believes. And as a matter of fact, there's been polls taken in which I think, over 70% of the Democrat Party does not want Joe Biden to run for another term. Correct. Okay? Um, So I don't think anybody believes, and I think the polls prove it, that Joe Biden can survive another term. I think it's even questionable about whether he can survive the current term he's in or whether he has or not. I mean, there are people out there. How this last year goes. There are conspiracy theorists out there that say that that's not really the same Joe Biden. So I, I don't know. Okay. I'm one of them. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, a guy in a rubber mask. I don't know. Um, well, the one thing but, I noticed when he was debating Donald Trump um, was that his eyes were black. Like if you watch those debates on a big television, you yeah. know, in a bar or something like that, and you were watching Joe Biden, his eyes look black. You ever watch some of these movies where there's like demons and stuff and their eyes are always black? <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, so 
my theory is, and I'm just going to put this out there, and we'll see if this comes to fruition or not. My guess is they want to insert Gavin Newsom because he's a big-time communist, uh, even more so than Joe Biden. They would love to get Newsom in there because he'll completely go along with their new world order thing. He's, He's completely on board with it. I mean, he's instituted it in California. I believe that they're going to wait till the last minute. They're going to come up with some excuse why Joe Biden cannot run for another term, and they're going to slide Gavin Newsom in there. They're going to install him as I think there's a couple the of different people that can fall into that scenario. I don't think that Gavin Newsom is their only their, their only barrel on that one. I think that Michelle Obama is waiting in the wings um, on, on as one of those people. What I've come to the conclusion of, and I'm going to go full conspiracy here for you guys. And Ooh, I, I, I don't like to do that, and I certainly okay. don't like to do it on public. By the way, I think you've agreed to be on my other show with me uh, on Saturday night. We're Absolutely. Have some fun. Yep. We're going to go all out conspiracy. We're going to call George Norrie, and we're going to get this thing rocking. That's right. <laughs> so um, I don't like to go full conspiracy on anybody, but this is, this is one of my conspiracies, okay, that during the Democratic National uh, Convention of 2020, um, they had to feel them all out and they had to say, who will go along with what is going to be the most egregious election results that they've ever seen in their entire life? Who, who would go along with this and who would actually stand up there and question, you know, would Tulsi Gabbard go along with it and tell everybody I won, I won, I won. Or would she actually say, wait a minute, let's look at all of this because I don't think I really won. So they had to find two candidates that were quite honestly criminal enough to go along with the biggest lie that we've told in this country in a very long time, um, two of them back to back. And they, they, they were back to back for a reason. You needed COVID to pull off everything that happened. Oh yeah. Right. And so, um, so yeah, here I am. Gosh, dang, I am full on here. But um, so, yeah. So I think that Joe Biden has proven that he was criminal enough to accept a nomination that he didn't win and then to accept an office that he didn't win. And I think, that Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, I'm not sure exactly how you're supposed to Kamala. Kamala. Kamala Harris uh, has proven to me that she is of the same character. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, Clinton, um, you know, I didn't know that Obama was quite as criminal um, as as this bunch, you know, because he kept Hillary Clinton from getting in office, if you remember. So to me, there was always going to be the Obama side and then the Clinton side. Well, when you find out how closely those two are um, at this point in all of it, you start to realize that maybe maybe Obama really is behind the scenes doing a lot of policy stuff. I don't know. I, I honestly don't think that any of these people are smart enough. They're all handled by people. Um, Donald Trump was the one that was smart enough to go in there. And look, let me say this clearly. I did not like Donald Trump for 20 something years. Mm-hmm. He was on cover after cover of magazine after magazine with gorgeous chick after gorgeous chick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why you didn't like him. right? Oh, let's get <laughs> like, a, I hate that guy. I'm just, <laughs> well, oh my gosh, how's he get all those women as a new Mexican? I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this on the air. <laughs> I don't like New Yorkers and okay. I'll tell you why. Because New Yorkers think they're smarter than everybody else. I'm not a big fan of their accent. And ultimately, um, the impression that I've gotten from most New Yorkers about what they think of New Mexicans is that we are stupid and that we are basically taking up air. And so I fight back. And I say, hey, they say the same thing about Cajuns and Louisianans. Uh-huh. And if you know anybody in Louisiana and you've ever been to a clam bake, it's like a pig roast here. I, I love Louisiana. Right. It's like one they're of my just, favorite places in the world. They're just like us. They yeah. love their food. Yeah. They love to party. And they're way smarter than anybody will they're ever. They're awesome. They're, they're way smarter. And I love I love Kennedy. He's, he's fantastic oh, from Louisiana. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that guy. I do, too. <laughs> I love good old Southern chivalry and Southern yes. you know, Southern manners. Uh, speaking of manners, David, um, I love those Southern manners too. I think we New Mexicans were actually raised with manners. And if I did interrupt and cut you off, I want to apologize publicly uh, because that's not how I was raised. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 
I put the Gavin Newsom thing out there. Oh. We'll see if that's I can just barely one, talk about that. That's guy. just one of my predictions. What about his vax injury that he won't discuss with anybody? And it was real. He really had a vax injury. Oh yeah. Yeah, he got palsy of the face. He was gone for six weeks, almost eight weeks. I remember that, and they tried to explain that away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we have to talk about those too. They're, those are very real. And or like Jamie Foxx, they're trying to sweep that one under the rug. They still will not. They're they're denying. Oh no, it wasn't a COVID. It wasn't a. It wasn't a vaccine injury. No, it wasn't that. But they're not saying what it was. Well, Robert Kennedy is the guy with that message, right? And he's had that message for 20-something years, and they've called him a conspiracy theory because he will show you the correlation between vaccinations and autism because he didn't believe it i I watched a 30-minute interview with him where he talked about how he didn't believe these crazies that came up to him at all these meetings and said look what this did to my kid look what this did to my kid well if these vaccines don't cause injury then why is there such an enormous fund to pay out these these lawsuits and these uh settlements yeah you know if you're if you're right Stand behind that and be principled. Don't pay it off because it's cheaper in the long run. Right. Have no, some I agree. integrity. I agree. I agree. Well, and didn't they get rid of 300 pages of the of the vaccine, the uh, of the proof of the vaccine or something? They got rid of 300 pages of it or something? For for what now? For the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, the uh, something that proves that it wasn't going to that it wasn't helping at all oh, oh yeah. well they've been covering all kinds of stuff up from that it's like that's the one nice you know. thing about twitter's newly found freedom which i don't necessarily believe wholeheartedly but on the vaccination side that information is out there and there are there's a guy that sued chrysler um that's suing pfizer and the rest of them and Pfizer and the rest of them should be scared of this guy. I think they need to sue the hell out of them. Oh, they're and all- you know the thing is, there's such a great supply of greedy ambulance chasing lawyers in this country. You know they will not be able to help themselves. They're going to have to do it. They're going to say, "Oh, we're going to make this is going to be a gold mine." He's a German doctor and lawyer. Yeah, and um, he's he's also part American because he speaks. A- English, just like the rest of us. And so if you get a chance, I can't think of his name, but he is actually suing and he will probably have the strongest case based on the information that he's providing. And it's based on batch numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that, that there were some uh, deadly batches uh, in which deadly. there were, there was accusations out there that they were targeting certain groups. I don't know. Right. I, mean, I don't it's know. All That's just what I heard. But when you've been watching all of this for as long as we have, and you see the patterns and you see the repetition, you know, you see the, the name calling, you know, they've got Ludwig von Mises's human action model down to a T. And Saul Alinsky's the one that stole it, right? So Ludwig was this great economist, and he said, look, the way you create change is there has to be a sense of unease. And once you've got a sense of unease, give them a vision of a better state and then show them the path to get there. So it's a three-step process. That's why Saul Alinsky was so successful because it's not difficult. This is not easy. I mean, not difficult to duplicate. We have the sense of unease. Who's got the vision of the better state and where's the path to get there? Well, you know, the thing is I, I talked about Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals on that other show that I was on and we covered them all in detail and explained each one of them. They're not inherently evil. It's, it depends on how you apply them, you know? Absolutely. And so... He stole it. Yeah, I, I mean, you could take Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. I mean, the Republican Party could learn something from Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. If you haven't read it, read it. Read it. It's You know, it, it, it gets demonized by a lot of uh, so-called conservative uh, television hosts and things like that. And, and a lot of people would say, oh, well, that's evil. It's like, well, read it. Read it for yourself. If I mean, you were playing football and the other team handed you their playbook and didn't have any other plays, no sneak plays or anything, you knew they, they were going to run these plays, mm-hmm. wouldn't you read it? Oh, heck yeah. You know? Yeah. If you wanted to win. <laughs> so, so, you know, read Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Read the Democrat playbook. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, and we, Blueprint. Yeah, what we, they did up in Colorado, we, and they've been 
doing ever since. You know, they you know, all of these things that are going on, they they take kind of like the you know the the things I was talking about in the opening monologue. They take these studies. These you know the people that are not Joe Biden and some of the lower idiots that are you know just doing what they're told, but the people way up there that are actually pulling the strings down and running all these are smart people. They are smart people. They've read all of this stuff, and they're applying it, and they're using it against us. And unfortunately, a whole lot of people have fallen for it. Well, you know, it, it, it comes down to education. It comes down to free thinking, critical thinking. And last but not least, what we've been talking about, kind of the theme of the whole show, which is ask questions. Question everything. Yeah. If you look on Twitter, if you look at the hashtag rational people ask questions— it's me. I mean, nobody else uses that hashtag because it's obviously unbearably long. But um, but I believe that rational people ask questions, and a couple people have quoted it at this point. But that's what we have to do when they say, when Maggie Toulouse-Oliver says to me, you're an election denier, I look back at her and I say, no, I'm asking questions. Why our um, state auditor has written your state agency up every year since you've been in office? And for the same thing, Miss, you know, sec- Madam Secretary, you have failed to implement a system to secure, track, and inventory all of the equipment associated with your agency, Agency 37 which is the New Mexico Secretary of State's office. Our state auditor keeps writing them up, and she's out there calling people election deniers. Well, just like they when we were challenging— Those are friendlies writing her up. When we were challenged the election of 2020, in which there were all these irregularities, which they deny that there was. It was it was the most secure election in history, according to them. Verbatim. Which, like, right before the election, they were out there talking about their concerns about the voting machines. The Democrats were doing this. And then they completely changed. These people are such liars. But— where was I going with this? <laughs> I, I do that. Too. Yeah, I, I know. I do that. I get off on one thought or another. I do, I do that a lot. I'm like usually a couple thoughts ahead. Anyway, in the, I'll think about it, and I'll talk about it in the next segment. But um, in the next segment, I want to play this uh, announcement by Gavin Newsom, and I want to talk about that a little bit because he's completely lying, and he's trying to – he's basically trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. And then he also talks a little bit about constitutional conventions – which should really, really concern you a bunch. Anyway, don't go anywhere. You're yeah, listening. Anytime the Democrats are talking about a constitutional yes. convention, I would be concerned. Yes. Because they don't even understand the Constitution. So you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Don't go anywhere. We will be back for the final segment. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505 
362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers and closed trailers and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is Welcome back to the final segment of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with our guest Jason Valencourt. Been talking about all kinds of stuff today. Send us your questions and comments to Becca Marie, B E C C A M A R I, at freedomspeaknm.com. And if you missed the show, you can check out the podcast too. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes. All the previous shows. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, this uh, thing. Gavin Newsom made an announcement over Twitter. I believe it was yesterday. I saw it this morning before I came in for us to do the show. And uh, where he is talking about uh, putting forth another amendment to the Constitution. And he's talking about a constitutional convention. Anyway, it's uh, a blatant attack on the Second Amendment, and I want you to hear it. And as a matter of fact, if you're watching the show, I'll let you see it, too. I'll put, it, put the video up as well. Um, so, here we go. Let's run it. Every time, it's the same. They tell us we can't stop these massacres. They tell us we have to stand by and watch tragedy after tragedy unfold in our communities. They say we can't stop domestic terrorism without violating the Second Amendment. And the thoughts and prayers are the best we can do. I'm here to say that's a lie. In this country, we do have... You're about ready to hear a whole bunch of lies. Okay, listen very, very closely here. The power, the power to change things, to reclaim our freedom from fear. Her ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. 
The 28th Amendment permanently enshrines four additions to the laws of our land. It raises the minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. Infringement. Because if you can't buy a beer, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. It mandates... You shouldn't be able to die for your country then. Right. He compared buying a beer to getting a firearm. Nowhere in the Constitution does it mention your right to drink a beer. It's specific. Your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I don't know how many times I can say that and say how, how absolutely absolute that statement is, okay? Yeah, you're 18-year-olds, you're old enough uh, for your government to draft you and send you out to, to, to war and possibly be killed in a senseless war that the government has decided to get you in. Who knows, we might be sending people to Russia here pretty soon at the, the, way, the rate things are going. And I guarantee there'll be 18-year-olds going there. So you're allowed to draft them and send them to war and put them in the line of fire, but they're not allowed to own a firearm? No, no. Okay, let's continue. Well, they're allowed to change their body parts. Yeah, that too. Okay, here we go. Universal background checks to prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that can be used in a crime. Okay, we already have background checks. Okay, if any of you, now, those of you that don't own a gun that are, like, jumping on board on this. And by the way, this guy is such a good speaker, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's such a great speaker, which is terrible. Adolf Hitler was a good speaker, too, from what I understand. This guy, this is why this guy is dangerous. This is why I think they're going to slip this guy in. They're going to kick, kick Joe out the door. They're going to maybe let, let Joe get prosecuted for the, for the document thing. I don't know. Uh, some way they're going to get rid of Joe, and this guy is going to get slipped in there. I, I just, you just watch. You just watch. Anyway, continue. It institutes reasonable waiting periods for all gun purchases. Already got those things. And it bans civilians from buying assault rifles. Those weapons... Okay, here we go. What is the definition of an assault rifle? Okay, they never... Oh, he, he just broke. He just broke my mic. Amazing. <laughs> How excited I am. Here, use this one. Anyway, yeah, I mean, this guy, he's destroying my studio in here. <laughs> what are we going to do with him? They're never anyway. going to invite me back. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, the uh, assault weapons. Okay, and, and you're going to notice he's going to mention something about weapons of war. Okay. Um, anyway, listen. Weapons of war our founding fathers never foresaw. This will guarantee states as well the ability to enact common sense. Okay. So during the, uh, the let's say, the Revolutionary War, what was the weapon of war at the time that all— A musket. All, a musket. Um, we didn't really technically even have a military back then, I, I don't really think. We, we had militias. We had, we had citizens, which— got their musket, which was the weapon of war at the time, and they went out and fought against the British, which, by the way, the British were trying to come in and take away all their weapons. <laughs> anyway, so uh, is an AR-15 a weapon of war? No, they don't use AR-15s in the military. They use uh, um, squirrel killer. full automatic uh, type weapons in the, um, in the military. Now, by that using that definition, a weapon of war, uh, they could consider uh, my Beretta 9mm to be a weapon of war because it has been used, they have been used in the military. It's the same exact weapon that they've used as a sidearm in the military, which I have one of those. My 9mm um, would be considered a weapon of war. And realistically, they would consider any weapon, almost every weapon, a weapon of war, honestly. Once you open that up, okay? But not only that, but we're just going to go back to the other thing. Shall not be infringed. These people don't give a crap about the Constitution. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't really want to fix the problem, okay? Because what these Democrats are currently doing 
is and the, these Democrat DAs is they let the criminals back out on the street. They don't want to, and they don't even want to prosecute the criminals to start with. And they 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 allow these gateway crimes to continue, in which people come in and and shoplift a store, and you're not allowed to do anything about it, even though they're in there stealing your crap and they're walking out the door. You're not allowed to protect your own property. And then they let they say, ah, oh, we're not going to prosecute these people. Laws are stealing less than a thousand dollars worth of stuff. So. So they don't want to prosecute criminals. They want the problem to continue. And why do they want the problem to continue? That's because they can continue going after your guns. Because as long as they let the crime continue, then they're going to continue blaming the crimes on the guns. That's why they call it gun violence. No violence. Guns are not inherently violent. Guns do not get up and do things on their own. You have violent people, which they are unwilling to put into jail. Wow, I really got on a roller, didn't I? Yeah, okay. but as you can see, he keeps bringing up the Constitution, like if they're, oh, oh, like yeah. if they believe yeah. in it. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, they don't, they don't care about the Constitution. Okay. Gun safety laws, while leaving the Second Amendment intact. And okay, everything he just said did not involve leaving the Second Amendment intact. As a matter of fact, if he was, if they were to justify, say, oh yeah, that all, that all stuff's okay, the Second Amendment would be gone. It would be gone. Because that means shall not be infringed does not mean what it, what it means. Continuing. Respecting America's gun-owning tradition. Oh, and they the show pictures of people hunting. The common sense not about constitutional hunting. protections that Democrats, Republicans, independents, and gun owners overwhelmingly support. And it ensures NRA-owned politicians can never strip those protections away. NRA, they're demonizing the NRA. NRA-owned politicians. Oh, my God, those evil NRA-owned politicians. Got to get rid of those people. Yeah, because it's so much better to be owned by George Soros. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, so much better. Anyway, yeah, and by the way, since Jason broke his, his mic, he's using the uh, my crappy backup mic now, which is not a, not an actual Shure. It's a counterfeit Shure, and it, and it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's continue Yeah, you tell me. Yeah, I know. Fight won't be easy, and it certainly won't be fast. Convening a constitutional convention requires two-thirds of the states to call for this. California will be the first. Yeah. But that's just the beginning. Join us by going to campaignfordemocracy.com and signing the petition. We don't have a democracy, to by the way. protect our communities and protect our freedom, support the 28th. That's right. Protect your freedom by making, getting rid of all your guns. Protect your freedom by allowing the government, which is supposed to be working for we the people, allow them to take away all your guns so that they will control all the guns. That's what they mean by gun control. They want to control all the guns so they can t- control all of you. That is the purpose. So he sure made that sound pretty, didn't he? Oh, he, it's not it sounded wonderful. No, yeah. It was a wonderful commercial. I almost fell for it. It was almost as good as one of my commercials. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, it had that uplifting music yes. and say, oh, this is all just so great. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. That's right. Anyway, so, and a constitutional convention. You know, I've, I've mentioned constitutional conventions before and how... I was so concerned about constitutional conventions, how scary that whole concept is to me. And I mean, there's a large group of people out there saying, oh, this is the answer to all our problems. We'll have a constitutional convention and we'll get rid of all this tyranny. And, and it's like, you know, I, I think that if the Democrats are capable of finding a way to exploit weaknesses in the election system, kind of like the before the 2016 election, before the 2020 election, the Democrats, Democrats, this was Democrats, along with a whole bunch of cyber experts, were out there talking about these voting machines, about how vulnerable they are. And they're saying, oh, well, they're not online. It's like, well, coming from somebody that's a communications engineer, and they're talking about, oh, well, they just have cellular modems and cellular cellular modems don't uh, don't get you online. I got news for you people. Cellular modems get people online all the time. I got news for you. What does your phone do? Your smartphone gets you online with a cellular modem. state law requires our tabulators to be internet capable. Our state law requires it, guys. Yeah. 
They're they lying. Have, I, I said this to my best friend who's not part of this whole scene. I said, you know, our state law requires that these tabulators um, be capable of connecting to the Internet. And this is what my state, my best friend says, yeah, so they can count the votes, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. So, so when they tell you that these machines can't get online, they just simply are lying. The tabulators, by law, are required to have Internet capability so they can download the the cast vote record to whatever you know main system that they need to download it to so you know don't let anybody tell you that these machines are incapable of getting online when you know what the modem model is on the inside of it oh oh yeah and and, you know the kind of work i do it's like a lot of businesses um are now converting their their backup network for their point of sale system to a cellular modem. So yes, cellular modems get you online. Look at look at what your smartphone uses. It uses a cellular modem and it gives you web capability web capability. How do you think you're getting online? You're getting online through a cellular modem. What what are satellites using? Same type of technology it might be called a satellite modem, right? But it's the same type of technology. Same type of technology, completely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I encourage everybody, as I started the show saying, um, to look at the idea of removing software from the election process. It's not going to fix everything. You guys know that, that uh, mail-in ballots are an issue. Uh, we've got voter registration issues. The, the poll books and uh, the, Eric, if you guys aren't aware of Eric, uh, the company that, uh, that we use um, for our registration database, um, you know, uh, has, has, these things have been exposed. And the problem is, is that we've got a media that, that doesn't pay attention to real stories and pays attention to things like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So what is this 2020, the 2024 election? What is it going to look like, do you think? It's going to look like a... What kind of language am I allowed to use on this show? Um, <laughs> it's going to look like a, a dumpster fire, as Rebecca said earlier. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Rebecca. She's fixing my microphone as we speak. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, no. Okay, so my my after being around all of this stuff for a very long time, my assumption would be that you're going to see a DeSantis Newsom. DeSantis Obama uh, 2024 race. Hmm. They somehow keep people out. You know, they're still able to do this. They do it by not debating. You know, this was a big issue for all of us supporting Gary Johnson. Um, you know, he had the numbers in our in our opinion to get on that stage and debate those people. But they were never going to let that happen. Not after what happened with Ross Perot. So all those years ago, Ross Perot showed them what would happen if some sort of third party got up there, and they don't want to ever take the chance of that again. So, you know, the system's pretty rigged, and until we as a collective stand up and say no more, um, we're, we're in big trouble. But Iowa, because of the 2020 Democratic National Caucus, do you guys remember that in Iowa, that you never got all the results? No. It was the first all-software caucus ever and Iowa immediately after that debacle I mean they were in the news for like two weeks over it after that debacle got rid of software France did it in 2012 most of Europe has already done it guys is Iowa the only one in the United States that's done that That I know of Stella Mm -hmm. is the only one that has removed software from the tabulation process they're still using electronic machines which I don't care you know as long as we can look at the vote cast record I don't think there's a problem with any of it but as somebody who worked in the software development industry for as long as I did I make this statement on a regular basis software is too complicated for judges lawyers and legislators to understand and it's too vulnerable and easy to manipulate so you know I had so many show notes today and we are not going to we're only scratching the surface I want to cover a few things that I found really interesting that I had on my show notes first of all I, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I went on a trip to Ohio, so, and I drove there. So you know, it's like 23 hours, and you go through a lot of pl- you go through Texas and Oklahoma, 
and uh, unfortunately Illinois for a short period of time and Missouri Phipps, and Indiana. Scare me. Yeah, boy, you better be careful about your guns when you go through Illinois. If they find that you got a gun on you, you're going to go to jail. Kid you not. So it's a risk every time I go through Oklahoma because I'm always armed, always. So anyway, I uh, have been talking about this. It's a combination of things, really. This war on cash and AI and how how everything is becoming so depersonalized. Technocratic. Technocratic. And I mentioned the technocracy in the beginning of my show every week. But I uh, was going through, actually, I think it might have been Missouri. And um, when I travel, I like to stop at places that I can't go to when I'm here in New Mexico. Like a steak and shake. Like, yes, like a steak and shake. Okay. Like when I go to Ohio, I always go to Gold Star Chili. I'll go, I'll go, I'll, I'll get a, a chocolate malt at UDF. And What's Jamie Farr's hot dog places called out there? Uh, well, I mean, the two hot dog places I'm thinking about are Gold Star Chili or 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 the other one. Um, the one where you drive up, it's a drive up and you flash your lights. Oh, really? I haven't heard of that one. Okay. That, that was down around Columbus. So. Oh, okay. So anyway, so I'm driving along. We're coming up on an exit and I tell my friend that's traveling with me. I says, hey, you know, why don't we do steak and shake for lunch? Because, you know. You used to love it. When's the last time you had steak and She's shake? She's so right. I The last okay. time I did was in Denver, and it was horrible. Okay. All right. Well, Steak and Shake used to be like an awesome fast food restaurant. Amen. Yeah, it was. And so the last time I had Steak and Shake when I was in Ohio, I don't know, it's been several years ago, and the cool thing about it was the customer service was so good. It wasn't like a fast food restaurant. You'd, you'd go in, you'd sit down, and... <laughs> it was kind of like a fast food restaurant, had kind of like a fast food kind of menu, but people came out to your table and talked to you and were friendly and were taking your order and, and stuff like that. And the hamburgers were so incredible because, you know, they, 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 they call them steak burgers. And, you know, the, the, the burger patty was really fresh and, and it's like definitely not like something you get at McDonald's or something like that. They, they made it for you fresh. Yeah, they made it fresh. It's and, a big difference. And, and not only that, but, you know, half of what a, bur- a good burger is is the bun. Okay. Absolutely. And and so the the buns they had there were so amazing because they'd have like flavored like you know garlicky stuff on them and you have different flavors you can choose from and things. Okay. So I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go to and they have great shakes. Right. They really do. Yeah. Um. So we went in there and first thing I notice when I walk in the door is I see all of these kiosks all over the place. I don't, there is no register at the counter at all. Right. There are no people at the counter to say, oh, welcome to Steak and Shake. Can I to get your order today? No, nobody. Nobody. There was people back in the kitchen cooking. There was nobody. No customer service whatsoever. Just these kiosks. So I go up to the kiosk, and, and, and so we're, you know trying to figure out we'd never seen one of their kiosks before so there's a little bit of a learning curve you know so we 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 go in and we we put it in and then when we go in to look at i look at the cart on it half the order's gone that's like this is crazy i don't go i don't go into a restaurant to have to think I, I don't go into a restaurant to think. I don't want to think. I when just want to eat. I just want to eat. You don't want to program for your dinner. No, you don't I, want to write a bunch of code I don't, to I don't, get your fries. I don't want to figure out how a program works. I do that kind of crap for work. It's like I want to go in there and I want to be served. DOS, is this DOS-based? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be served. I want people to take care of me. I don't want to have to think. I just want them to, you know, I want them to ask me what I want. I want to tell them what I want. I give them my money and then I get my stuff and I'm, I'm done, you know. But no, they've turned it into a complicated process. You know, it, it was, you know, and so... I'm really sorry to hear that. It, I used to it, love steak and Oh, shit. it sucked. And it's like, so I, we went in there and so I, I, I hollered to somebody back behind the counter that's way back there in the kitchen. Hey, hey, I need some help with this. This thing isn't, it, it's not putting our entire order in here. And the person reluctantly came out. She was not happy about it, I could tell. Came out to help us uh, with the machine and it's like, Okay, and, you know, I'm, well, you saw what I said up here. I'm certainly not dumb, you know, but I didn't have, I was hungry. You know, I was hungry when I came in there. A little hangry? Yeah, hangry. Yeah, and so I come in there, and it's like I'm not, 
uh, I'm not in the mood to figure out some kind of new software. And it's like, you know, I, I didn't come in here for that. Yeah, like getting asked every time you pull yeah. into a drive-thru, will you be using the mobile app today? It's like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Why would I use a mobile app? I'm I'll talking to you. That's, <laughs> right. that's another thing that annoys me, too. It's like I go into the drive-thru and they ask me, why would I use a mobile app? I'm in the drive-thru. I'm talking to you. You're going to take my order and I'm going to give you my money. Why would this I use a mobile app? This is my mobile app. That just makes it more complicated. <laughs> right. This is my mobile yes. app. Yes. I'm no longer hungry. <laughs> Well, you know, I was getting to where I was really frustrated, and, and I was I was just on the edge of walking out because this sucks. I'm, you know, this is not a good experience. This is already a bad experience. So I'm thinking, oh, okay. So, hey, we got through that. So we go sit down, and um, so we're waiting for our food, and uh, so they took my name, and since there is no customer service at all. Nobody at the counter, nobody waiting tables, um, nobody knows where I am in the restaurant. Nobody knows where anybody is in the restaurant, okay? So they come out, and this is happening. I'm watching. The, you know, I, I like to sit, and I watch, and I observe things. And, you know, a lot of times they say, my life is show prep, you know, I, and I'll look things like this, and I'll just make observation. And I was just sitting there watching what was going on, and it's like, Oh, here comes this guy out of the kitchen. Okay, uh, how's he going to know where the food goes? Because they don't give you, you know. No... You're asking questions yeah, in your yeah. mind. You're, yeah, you're I, asking questions because you're a critical thinker. Right, and so, <laughs> I'm. So they come out and they're yelling people's names. Right. That's what. What a great atmosphere to have your meals. Like they're yelling people's names. They're trying to find people. A lot of people are in there just to eat. They're not paying any attention, and uh, so they don't find people immediately. So they're wandering around, and you know, honestly. I am feeling sorry for these workers at this restaurant, and I'm also looking at the looks on their faces. I can tell that they are really, really frustrated and stressed out. This is a terrible work environment. I would never, ever recommend anybody get a job at Steak and Shake. It's, it's got to be a horrible work environment. And it's like not to mention uh, upset customers. You're frustrated. You know, it's like, why am I doing this? You know, it's like you can tell these people are like, why am I doing this? And all I care about is whether or not her food was any good. Yeah, well, I'm getting to that. I I, I knew it, I knew we weren't done. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm all heartbroken. So, so I'm sitting there, and then the food shows up, and they they come out and yell my name, and it's like, uh, yeah, here, and it's like, and then they come out and they set it on the table, and it's like, well, okay, and then they're gone. Okay, not is there anything else I can do for you? Just here's your food, gone. Um, and so I. First of all, I'm noticing the burger, and I'm looking at it. It doesn't look at all appetizing. You know, it's got a plain bun that looks like something you might buy at Walmart. Um, the burger doesn't even look very good. It looks kind of flat and looks like something that... Warmed up. Something that they got a fro frozen patty and throw it on the grill. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't look fresh at all. And, that used to be their thing. Yeah. And, you know, when we placed the order, there was no selection anymore for a, you know, flavored type bun or anything like that. Those options are all gone. So I tried the burger and it's like, you know, this is worse than a, than a, a, bake, a basin, basic cheeseburger at McDonald's. It's terrible. I, I, terrible. My, my experience in Denver, one of the reasons I love Steak and Shake is they cook your burger fresh. A lot of burger. We'll cook your burger fresh. Whataburger, we'll cook your burger fresh. Yeah, in, yeah. An, in and out burger, we'll cook your burger fresh. Yeah. These are horrible burgers to most people. Yeah, right? they're not great. I love them, okay? <laughs> yeah. If you serve a thin burger, I'm in. Freddy's is my favorite oh, burger. Oh, I love, I love Freddy's. It's my now, favorite Freddy's is good. Right, well, it's my favorite burger joint. I like Jack in the Box, too. They make your burger fresh for yes. you. You're, you're, and you're on a, the same program. There's a big difference in the it's taste. A huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. So I go into a Steak and Shake because they're 100% fresh. Yeah, not anymore. No. I no. literally see a stack of burgers next to the grill that have been pre-cooked that they're going to warm up on the grill. And I said, oh, I didn't know you cooked your burgers So that that's way. what they're doing. I didn't see that. Well, I, I it said... It tastes like they are. Right. And I said, um, the Al Bar is doing it. So it's everywhere, guys. But anyway, I said, oh, I didn't know that that's the way you were cooking your burgers. I don't think I want one. And the guy says, I'll make them fresh for you. And I said, you will? I'll take them. 
And then his manager cuts him off as he goes to the grill to put on two new burgers and puts two of the old burgers on there. Hey, Jason, we're out of time. Sorry. Isn't that the fastest three hours ever? Gosh, dang. Anyway, so, so where I'm getting with that is we're heading towards this whole automation thing. It's coming today where you're going to walk into a place and they're not going to be any people at all because the functions of cooking those frozen burgers in the kitchen could easily be replaced by a machine. You're going to walk in there. There's going to be no customer service. None of those people are going to have a job. If the food sucks, there'll be nobody to complain to. Did you see the robot that quit, though? The robot quit? They they committed suicide? (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, hey, Uh, everybody... Send your questions and comments to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to replays. Check out the resource link. Check out the live show. This is what we're doing. That's what you're listening to on the radio is our live show, Friday morning, 9 a.m. to noon. Just go to the website, click on the Rumble link, and uh, you can listen to replays on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes. Check out my late night show on Saturday night, which Jason is going to be with me this week. We're going to have some really great conspiracy theories to talk about. Saturday night, 10 p.m. to midnight. Okay? It's awesome. Oh, there we go. Freedom and liberty is essential to everyone. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. Divided, we are weak. Together, we are strong. It's time to stand up. Tell them, Marxists. Just get lost. Open your eyes. Reject division. Don't go for the woke agenda. And you know what? When they tell you to comply, say, hell no, I'm not going to comply. And how do we finish the show, Stella? We We are are the the resistance. resistance.